Welcome to the Daily Roto Podcast. Tony Sincata with our guy, Ricky Sanders, DailyRoto.com. Ricky, welcome back from vacation, my man. No, Ricky. Ricky, don't lose that number. I remember. I don't know the rest of the song, but there's a song out there named Ricky, Don't Lose That Number. And we couldn't hear Ricky. Sometimes Ricky's like a little slow starter. Like he gets all fired up and we knock it out of the park. Guys, you're listening on the FantasySportsNetwork.com and we are ready to give you the best and brightest information when it comes to Daily Fantasy Sports. My name's Taylor Sicano. We'll be joined by Ricky Sanders of DailyRoto.com. Uh, we'll break down the action that will get you ready for success in Daily Fantasy Baseball for Thursday, May 7, 2015. And you had to love it today if you were a Bryce Hopper owner. Bryce Hopper goes deep for three home runs in the afternoon action in the Daily Fantasy Balls baseball slate. And it's interesting. For all those people that are deviants and want to figure out, oh, batter versus pitcher, what do I do? Do I go batter versus pitcher? What is the sample size? What are all these things that we talk about on a general basis? Well, just going into the game today, uh, did you have Tom Kohler and Bryce Hopper? Basically, they were 1 for 13. Bryce Hopper was 1 for 13 with Tom Kohler. And guess what happened there? Three home runs. Three home runs, and he's ready to go. And so, batter versus pitcher didn't show yesterday, but Tom Kohler was absolutely getting it taken to him by none other than Bryce Hopper. Then, of course, you had Gene Carlos Stanton. And it's interesting three home runs in a day slate, I ended up losing a 50-50 by one point, and I did not have Bryce Hopper in my lineup. What I did is I did stack Arizona Diamondbacks, and I was able to offset that, almost come back. If I had uh, Ian Kenny instead of Charlton Heston, uh, for you older people out there, uh, I would have been able to survive that. But Charlton Heston absolutely killed me, and we welcome back to the show our guy, Ricky Sanders. Ricky, what's going on? Well, it's good to be back. I can't say it's good to be out of the sun, but it is good to be back talking fantasy sports with you. And, uh, you know, I miss vacation already, but, uh, you know, our life is a vacation playing daily fantasy sports. Life is definitely a vacation playing daily fantasy sports. It could be a good vacation, or it could be one you need insurance for if you got the wrong players. Yeah, I mean, I almost needed insurance tonight, and Mike Trout just hit a bomb that really is going to save my night. So tonight it is a vacation. I think I have, I definitely have Mike Trout, but I don't think it's going to be enough tonight as uh, it, it didn't go well, but I will uh, look into it and see how it goes. And it was amazing today. I was telling people I did not have Bryce Hopper in a three-home run flurry, but I did have an Arizona Diamondback stack, and it got me in within one point of cashing in, but they couldn't cash in because I had Heston and Bryce Hopper. I couldn't offset the two of them. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate sometimes, especially in those smaller slates. I mean, if a guy hits three homers, and it's a well-known name, you know, we're not talking about an eight-hitter that no one used, then you're usually in a lot of trouble. 
And, of course, tomorrow we've got a big show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I believe interviewing from The Sopranos, Bobby Baklava, who has uh, got a cookbook out, and he's got some Italian recipes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, his uh, interaction in with some of the Major League Baseball stars as we talk to the former Sopranos star tomorrow. Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, that'll be on at 9.30 tomorrow on, on the show. I was actually, before the show, watching some Conan O'Brien clips and with some interviews uh, that were done with him. So uh, a little research there, and he has the greatest story ever. So Reggie Jackson, basically he met Reggie Jackson at a charity auction, and Reggie, uh, the former New York Yankee great, he had met him a year prior. He says, hey, can my buddy get a picture with him? He says, yeah, let's hurry up. And he was like really rude about it. And then a security guard came over and says, hey, you know, Reggie's like that to everybody. He's He's kind of a dick. And the guy says, oh, let me tell you a story, though. Reggie came into the restaurant that I owned in the 80s, and he brought his whole entourage, and they were complete a-holes. So they ordered shrimp, and everybody in the kitchen put them up their, their buttocks and then <laughs> took them out to uh, Reggie Jackson to eat, and they ate it right out of the guy's buttocks. So I guess if you go out to dinner with Reggie Jackson, never get involved with the food. Never share a plate. <laughs> it's funny you say that because in high school I worked at a tuxedo place and my manager was actually also a high school student at the time uh, from the high school over and a few kids came in that he really did not like and he fitted them for a tux and he went in the back and I came back there and he goes look you gotta watch this and he took a bow tie and he rubbed it <laughs> in all the areas down there both the front and the back and he brought it out to them and I watched the whole thing happen and I had a hard time containing my, my laughter because he did it for about four or five kids and uh, he was very proud of himself afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got off this track. It wasn't in the show notes, but we've got it covered. If you've got any fecal matter stories, uh, please throw it in the forums at dailyroto.com. Uh, we actually have an interesting story over there. Uh, Drew Dinkmeyer, who's like the, uh, you know, he's like the poster child for Daily Fantasy. Like he was the guy that went to Dartmouth. He was going to be the guy that's in the Wall Street Journal. And we find out over in the uh, forums that uh, he was part of a uh, heckling group that would go to baseball games at Dartmouth and heckle opposing teams, and he said it's the proudest moment of his college career. <laughs> you never know with people. Until you know them, you don't truly know them. But uh, considering you know some of the tweets that, that Drew sends out on occasion, I wouldn't say that heckling was at the bottom of the list of things I would guess he did during college. You got the Dodgers in Milwaukee going at it tomorrow. You have Mike Fares and Carlos Frias, who pitched pretty well his first game. Eight total in this one. 177 favorite is Mike Fires getting it done as the uh, Milwaukee Bats came alive tonight. They've been coming alive all week. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure that I want to continue to ride them in a decent, you know, mediocre hitter's park. You know, the one who's been making all the important contact recently has been Jock Peterson. And, you know, although I do like Fears as a pitcher, the Dodgers absolutely crush righties as a team. Uh, I think all the usual suspects are going to be in play for them. I'd probably rather go against the better pitcher in this one, although you're right, the, the Brewers' bats have awakened. But, you know, aside from maybe Carlos Gomez, I think that I like the Adrian Petersons and the Jock uh, excuse me, the Adrian, the Adrian Gonzalez is, I'm in the wrong sport now, and uh, the Jock Petersons and even Jimmy Rollins at the top of the lineup. 
Chicago Cubs at the St. Louis Cardinals, Jake Arrieta and John Lackey. Uh, game started out with an eight total, down to seven and a half here. And, of course, John Lackey, a favorite over Jake Arrieta in the Cubs in St. Louis. Uh, you look at this one, probably from an offensive standpoint, I stay away. And probably from uh, a def- uh, the two pitchers, based on what I see in the slate of games here, um, you can always say Jake Arrieta is always in play. But probably sitting out both pitchers in this game. Well, the Cardinals' bats have been tough throughout this this whole series with the Cubs, and I mean, it, it makes sense because they're a good hitting team. They get on base. They're a bunch of disciplined hitters. So yeah, I mean, I don't think in St. Louis with with you know a matchup of two good pitchers that I necessarily want to be using a lot of the bats. I will say that you could use Matt Adams if if you know his half of the platoon they use, and Matt Carpenter's been swinging the bats so well. It's hard to ignore him, and then on the other side, you know, Anthony Rizzo continues to get it done, and he's kind of a a poor man's Paul Goldschmidt, who's priced well below him. So you could always can always consider Rizzo, but I'm with you. They, I probably won't be using many bats or or either of the pitchers in this one. Tony Scott, Ricky Sanders, DailyRoto.com. You can also hear us on the Fantasy Sports Network. Fantasy Sports Network. You can get 24 hours a day, seven days a week of fantasy fantasy sports. Greatness. That's right. Greatness from every level. You got Pat Mayo talking golf. You got guys breaking it down for FanDuel. You've got it all happen over there 24 hours, seven days a week. You can hear this show at 1.30 Eastern every Monday through Friday. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Ricky Sanders. Welcome back to the Daily Roto Podcast. Ricky Sanders, Tony Cicada, breaking down the action for Thursday, May 7th in Major League Baseball. And, Ricky, we got the San Diego Padres, Arizona Diamondbacks go at it. Ruby De La Rosa and Omar Despagne. Despagne in for Brandon Morrow. This is an amazing game because somehow this game started at a 7.5 total, and it's up to 9. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a giant fan. I have picked him... You know, earlier this year, but I am not really a giant fan of Despagne as a pitcher, especially when he's outside of San Diego. So I think you can get some of the Diamondbacks in. And the same goes for De La Rosa, who has thrown a good game or two this year. But I I think of the bats in this one, I even prefer the San Diego bats. You know, Upton, Kemp, Alonzo. I actually have been using as a punt this week Corey Spangenberg, who's been batting, you know, first, second. He's been right up there in the order, and, you know, he's got the guys behind him to drive him in, so I've liked him. And then, obviously, if you're going on on the Diamondback side, you could go with, with Goldschmidt or, or Peralta or even Pollock if you want to go leading off, although I kind of like Pollock for cash. But I think this is a game where you can use a bunch of the hitters. And if you're going with the stack, I like the Padres stack in this one. Well, the next game would have been a better matchup like in 2003. Dan Harron and Tim Hodson go at it, a seven total in this one. Now, these are two offenses that are not great, and I think that both guys uh, could perform pretty well, but you won't get enough strikeouts. You can't go here. And, of course, some of the big bats like Gene Carlos Stanton will definitely come into play here. Uh, but Dan Harron, nothing to get like here. But other than that, the offensive environment's not anything that's attractive, and there are other games here that I'm just staying away. I think Heron makes for a decent contrarian you know, tournament pitcher considering the Giants – uh, weighted on base average as a team, below average against righties. You know, the, the game environment of this one is good. We know the ballpark is one of the best, literally two ballparks in the majors for pitchers' parks. 
So, you know, you, you never really like to use Tim Hudson because his ceiling is, is only so high with the strikeouts. But, you know, if Heron can put together six, seven strikeouts in an outing, you know, he's got a shot. So he's not going to be expensive. I mean, there are two pitchers that I'm really and probably most people will be really targeting for this slate. It's not Heron, but if you want to go and be different, I can understand using him. Oakland and Minnesota go at it. Drew Pomerantz. Uh, this game's an eight-and-a-half total against none other than Ricky Nolasco. Nick Nolasco absolutely suffering as a Major League Baseball pitcher. And for Minnesota against Pomerantz, Trevor Plouffe has been on fire against lefties. Brian Dozier's always in play against lefties. And Torrey Hunter has found a new proclamation to his career in Minnesota. Yeah, and, and the team went off against the lefty today, but the numbers suggest that the team is a below-average hitting team in terms of weighted on base average for the season against against lefties along with uh, the runs created. So I'm going to use that for tomorrow. I'm not going to go with the one-day sample size. I actually like Pomerantz tomorrow against them, if not only because of the ballpark and the matchup with the Twins, even though, you know, like you mentioned, Dozier crushes him, and if you don't believe in Pomerantz, you could go with Dozier. But I think the win potential's there. I think there's some strikeout potential with the Twins. And then I actually think you could use some of the bats, because as you mentioned, <laughs> Ricky Nolasco is pretty atrocious. He does have the help of his home ballpark in this one, but a guy I wrote about tonight that I'll be going with tomorrow, who actually sat today, uh, is Mark Canha, who I've loved. They've had him hitting in the four hole. They, they had him hitting eighth one game, which is was kind of strange. But you know, assuming he's in the four hole, I like him. I like Ike Davis against the righty, and uh, you know, down the lineup, if you want to use Butler or vote, you can. I don't know if I'd necessarily stack them, but I think Canha and Davis make for for nice options if you just need holes to fill in your lineup. I went to Chili's and I had a soup. Do you think that soup's like a, a definitely a uh, a food that could be tampered with that I probably should uh, stick to like steak so I can smell it before I eat it. <laughs> well, if movie, you know, I think the movie Waiting shows you that steaks are aren't safe either. I mean, I think as long as you're nice to your waiter and waitress, you're fine. If you start having to have a little attitude, then you may want to peek into the kitchen, you know, r- regardless of what you're ordering. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. I don't know. Tampering with food, like, there should be a, like, heavy crime for that. Is there a heavy crime? Like, can you go to jail for a long time? I'm sure you can. I mean, there's those hidden camera shows, which certainly, you know, get the employee fired. I don't know if anyone's ever gone with a class action suit for for spitting on their steak, but, you know, there's always a first for everything. If you worked in an office environment, would you be discouraged or encouraged to have a romantic interlude uh, during work time if there was a uh, closed-circuit TV there? <laughs> I would be discouraged. I, I don't really? want to end up on the weekend news or anything like that. I'm fine living my you know irrelevant little life. I don't want to end up on a camera somewhere some somehow. I don't know. I think uh, if, if that was the case, I would just... Uh, Make sure I was in the proper lighting. I think that's how to go about it. Like, if I had the proper lighting, I think I'd be all in. (laughs) Well, to each their own.
The White Sox, Jose Quintana versus Kyle Lobstein. We have an eight-and-a-half total in this one. We've been waiting for this offense to come apart for the Chicago White Sox and get it done. Tonight they had Simple Simon. They did have a little offense, but not what we uh, anticipated. Both left-handers in this game, so the right-handed platoon splits will come into play in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I actually own Quintana in a weekly AL only league, and I sat him because he took an absolute beating from the Tigers the last time, and the Tigers absolutely beat up lefties. I think a lot of the, you know, the top and middle of this order are all in play against Quintana. You were talking Cespedes, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez, Kinsler. I mean, I think if you're going for a stack, this is one of the better ones, along with the Padres that, that I want to use. I think this could be one of those three-inning, seven-earned run starts for Quintana. Even though I like him as a pitcher, I think as a soft-tossing lefty against the Tigers, it's just a bad matchup. And then in terms of, you know, lob scene against the Sox, I do like, you know, Abreu as usual, and maybe some of the righties a little bit more. But, uh, you know, if I'm going with hitters in this game, I'm likely going with the Tigers. Yeah, Jose Abreu had a good match tonight. It was one for four with a run scored. Uh, that game's not completed. They're in the eighth inning there. 269 batting average on the season. You did have Cole Gillespie go deep. He's a guy that I like for cheap in that ballpark at home uh, many times. And Mika Johnson, who's the uh, speedster uh, hitting last in that lineup, went two for three in that contest tonight as of the eighth inning there. Cleveland and Kansas City go at it, and we've got Corey Kluber, Corey Kluber, against Edison Volquez. Edison Volquez, um, prior to his last start, had an ERA of 1.94 in his last 20 starts, and nobody likes this guy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's pitched well this year. I can understand, looking at the career numbers, why you don't like him. I mean, they suggest that at some point he's going to slow down, he's going to start walking hitters, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, Seven and a half total this one. They actually favor Kansas City in this one, so they don't think that you know the Indians' offense as a whole is going to be scoring many runs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Vegas on this one, mostly because you know you look at those Cleveland bats, they are very inconsistent. You know maybe you use Santana, maybe you use Kipnis or one of those guys, but uh, as a whole, I really don't like a lot of offense in this game. It scares me a little that that Vegas is favoring Kansas City, you know, going with Kluber and paying up. So I probably won't do that either. It's uh, it's one of those interesting games where I may just be avoiding a lot of it uh, because there are two other pitchers that I like better than Kluber tomorrow. Yeah, Kluber, of course, faces Kansas City Royals, who only struck out 14% on the season, and that is the lowest in Major League Baseball. Baltimore and New York go at it. Chris Tillman versus Nathan Eovaldi. Eovaldi took it to the Red Sox last time up, but largely has seen no change from Eovaldi this year. Still the up-and-down pitcher. You never know what you can get from start to start. A nine total in this one in the hitter-friendly confines of Yankee Stadium. Chris Tillman, a fly ball pitcher, usually means disaster at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and Eovaldi is a straight fastball pitcher, and a lot of these hitters can hit him. I think Chris Davis immediately comes to mind for in play. Adam Jones comes in play. You know, you're talking about if Paredes is hitting second, he comes in play against Eovaldi, and I agree with you. The Yankee hitters in Yankee Stadium against Tillman, you could be looking at, you know, your typical Ellsbury Gardner, A-Rod, Teixeira. I think Teixeira's probably 
my preferred play there. The problem is first base is pretty deep, so you could use, you know, Alex Rodriguez, and he probably has a good chance at a homer against Tillman, who's who's been kind of hit a miss, and this season he's been more miss. Alex Rodriguez almost homing in his first at-bat tonight, uh, so he continues to hit. We'll see how that gets done. In the next game, this will be one of the games that my man, Ricky Sanders, is absolutely loving the pitcher. You have Nick Martinez versus Chris Archer, and it's not Nick Martinez he loves. A seven total here in Tampa. Great ballpark. Texas, though, put up some big runs against the Houston Astros. Ricky Sanders, are you telling us it all stops here for the Texas Rangers? Yeah, I mean, the Rangers' offense as a whole is very left-handed, so I like to go left-handed starters against them. But you look at the numbers, you look at the the weighted on-base numbers against righties, and just really their numbers as a whole beyond just the advanced stats against the righties. They have not been very good. Chris Archer, since he's refined his control, is becoming an absolute ace. I think, you know, we're in Tampa Bay in this one, not in Texas. So there's just all the factors that you like in a matchup this one has I think Archer's a very talented pitcher he's coming into his own I have a hard time not using him in either cash or tournament I think he's probably the best play of all pitchers tomorrow Tony Scott or Ricky Sanders of DailyRoto.com we'll take a quick break come back and tell you the other pitcher Ricky Sanders is looking forward to Welcome back to the Daily Roto Podcast. Rick, the game is Houston and Los Angeles, and I know Ricky Sanders. I think I know Ricky Sanders here. It's a seven and a half total. Most people would think that Colin McHugh is the better pitcher, but I got a feeling you like Hector Santiago. <laughs> I liked Hector Santiago earlier in the year against the Rangers. I'm going the other side to uh, in this one. I'm going with Colin McHugh, who's the guy I admitted in seasonal leagues I overlooked. I looked at his numbers a week into the season from last year, and I was frustrated that I didn't see him. He's pitched like an ace so far. Again, the Astros, it's not, or excuse me, the Angels he's going against are one of the bottom teams. Only the Rangers and Phillies are below him and weighted on base average against opposing righties, and McHugh's Again, one of those pitchers who's just on another level so far this year. You know, you worry about Trout, you worry about Pujols, but as a whole, the lineup's just really not getting it done. The bottom of the lineup's a lot of strikeouts in terms of Ianetta and the other guys, so I like McHugh and Archer as my two pitchers. You know, if you're going one pitcher sites, I'm going Archer. Two, I'm going both of them, and I'm not really getting cute unless you, you know, we're talking tournament. Yeah, and Nick Martinez, I, I've talked about on the show a ton of times. The guy is a complete fraud. He had a K per nine rate of four. Uh, his walk rate was up there. There was no way that was going to last. That being said, the Houston Bats have gone quiet this week with the Texas Rangers pitching, which isn't the greatest pitching of all time. Uh, the Houston Bats going to step out of it and knock some balls around? or What's going on here? Well, against the lefty, I think you always want to consider Jose Altuve it definitely hurts their lineup that George Springer will not be in it because he's been placed on the disabled list as of tonight. What I'm hoping for is that they move Jake Marisnik up until until about the fifth or sixth hole. And if so, I think he's worth a play as well. Again, Hector Santiago, kind of a straight ball pitcher. He's a he's a fastball changeup starting pitcher. I don't love his skills at all. I liked him in one matchup, and I think for a guy like Marisnik that, that plays well to him, 
I think Altuve, Marisnik are my preferred plays. You know, you could use some of the guys at the top of the lineup, Marwin Gonzalez and some of the others, but I, I think Altuve is the guy that you lock in against the lefty, especially a straight baller like Santiago. You know what's crazy about the Tampa-Texas game is that uh, Nick Martinez is a guy with the Tampa offense not very great and a good, good ballpark in Tampa for pitching and defense. Uh, not a lot to love there to try to uh, take on Nick Martinez. I agree with you. I mean, Lagoria got the back going tonight. Uh, Souza's been kind of hurt, who really has been one of their better hitters so far. So, you know, without him, it, it's really all on Longoria's shoulders. And, and if he's not doing it, there really isn't a whole lot. I mean, they've had some lineups with Cabrera batting third so far, and they've just been doing all kinds of things to try and get going, and they can't. So maybe Martinez could be a guy you could use, but again, he kind of reminds me of Tim Hudson, where I worry about the strikeout total, and you certainly worry about the win total going against Chris Archer. I think at a lot of the daily sites, we're going to see some Oakland stacks tomorrow in that game against Ricky Nolasco. How do you feel about Stevie Vaught, a guy that basically was a platoon player last year, gets a job, absolutely starting off this season on a tear, and now his salary has been escalated. What do you do with a guy like Stevie Vaught? Well, my strategy tomorrow, and really most of the times have been, if if I'm paying – and you tell me what you think about this. When I'm paying up for one or two starters, you know, you kind of have to punt somewhere in terms of hitting. And my preferred method has usually been, unless a catcher has an unbelievable matchup, to punt a catcher. Like tonight, I used Martin Maldonado, who was one of the, the lowest-priced catchers on DraftKings because – I wanted to get some of the higher-priced pitchers in. You know, I used Tucker Barnhart the night he homered. I used Pacheco the night he's homered. I've had some good luck with playing the, the, the cheap catcher. So when it comes to vote, you know, usually I like the matchups better at first, second, third outfield, and I feel like I can do that, find a catcher hitting seventh or eighth. You know, it's not it's not ideal, but if you can get the great pitchers in, you can get the great hitters elsewhere, usually that's my that's my position that I like to punt. Yeah, well, you, it's, at DraftKings, you do get first base eligibility for Stevie Vogt, so uh, you could go that realm if you wanted to go there. Uh, you're looking at it tomorrow night, a lot of good pitching matchups, and we have a lot of ballparks that are uh, not uh, hitter-friendly. I mean, we've got the game in Arizona that becomes hitter-friendly. Uh, other than that, we're looking around and we're saying, hey, these are all generally pitchers' ballparks tomorrow. Milwaukee's the other one uh, that becomes a hitter-friendly uh, ballpark, and that's an afternoon game, 145 in the afternoon there. And it'll be interesting to see what bats are there, uh, who people are going to use in that one. I don't think you're going to see a bunch of stacks unless you know you have guys with multiple lineups and they just throw both teams in there, the Dodgers and the Brewers. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the Tigers are going to be another stack, at least, you know, from my perspective, I, I think they should be stacked a lot because I think there's a lot of potential there against Quintana. But, yeah, for the most part, you could spread it out, just play the plays at each position. But I think the favorite stacks will be the A's and they will be the Tigers in the afternoon slate. You listen to the Daily Roto Podcast, Ricky Sanders, Tony Sakata. Ricky, what do you got going on at DailyRoto.com? Well, tonight I will be putting out my NBA picks for the next few days. Uh, it looks like it's going to be another absolute mammoth Blake Griffin and Dwight Howard night. 
So I'm going to have a hard time not writing to to play them in the upcoming games of this series. Uh, the problem is Chris Paul might be back, so I'll have to deal with that. But I'm giving you NBA picks tonight. Um, we're kind of fluctuating as to what we're going to do for the weekend. I may give you a baseball recap or I may give you a baseball picks article, but I'm still going back and forth between the two sports. You know, this, this NBA playoffs has been a lot of fun. That Spurs-Clippers game seven was absolutely phenomenal. And really, this is, this is the start of the game. Great stuff, guys. You listen to the Daily Roto Podcast. Tomorrow we'll be back with one more podcast before the big weekend, so definitely stay tuned. Ricky, absolutely getting it done, and thank you for bringing the great food and tuxedo stories. <laughs> Anytime, Tony. Anytime. There we go. Daily Roto Podcast. Chime in in the forums. Tell us uh, stuff that you've soiled, and we'll knock it out of the park. And, guys, I've been getting some emails from you guys in the Daily Roto uh, message box. I missed a few of them because uh, I didn't know they were emails, to tell you the truth. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. So I read them. Uh, I will respond to them. I responded to some of them. But thank you for the participation in the show. And make sure you check out the FantasySportsNetwork.com, DailyRoto.com. And, guys, absolutely go and check out last night's podcast. If you didn't see it from Trent Fasina, FantasyAces.com. We're out of here.